Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. If you're new to the show, welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. We have Aaron Alexander joining us again on the show. He's the host of the Align podcast. He's interviewed some of the best thought leaders of today in health and wellness space and pretty much anybody making a difference in the world. He's had them on and interviewed them. He's an author, Rolfer, a movement coach. He's also got online programs. And he's got a brand new book called The Align Method. We unpack his book. We unpack topics about life, all kinds of stuff. Aaron's a very interesting dude. Make sure to check him out on social media, Instagram. He's got a great page. He's always got really, really good content. And you can get access to his podcast there as well. So sit back, enjoy. Aaron Alexander coming right up. Aaron Alexander, welcome back to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm well. It's getting cold. I'm doing some cold thermogenesis here in Los Angeles. It's rare. It's good. That's awesome. So you're in Santa Monica or where are you at? Venice? I am in right on the border, but yeah, Santa Monica. It's uh, the technical zip code. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great spot. Yeah. I'm a fan. Every time I see you on Instagram, you're doing some sort of like yoga acrobatics with beautiful women, bro. Like, <laughs> like, like who is this guy? What's, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. I think if I was, I'm, I'm like doing my best to live out my dreams <laughs> like a 14 year old. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good place to be too. <laughs> like it's like the energy there is insane. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like, a, I describe it. It has a lot of negatives whatever that word that you know however you relate to that word but i think los angeles and particularly on the beach is interesting because it is somewhat of like a magnet on earth it's like a black hole pulling all of the weirdos from around the globe that you know want to make something of themselves or have some idea or you know feel a little bit like outcasted perhaps in their in their small town they're like i'm gonna go to la and i'm gonna be something and you get a lot of weird interesting yeah. random people all in one little melting pot it's very fascinating yeah it, it is fascinating because you when you're walking from like santa monica into into venice you get this like weird energy shift mm. i i found it because i've only like i was living away for a while in australia and i actually hadn't been to la in a long ass time and i went there two times last year and i remember that feeling i was like oh fuck i get it i get why people like it here but it is the energy. You can feel it, man. There's all these different, these different sorts walking around and you're like, wow, like yeah. what is happening? It's also, there's also much more within that because people come here oftentimes with some degree of like directionality around, you know, they're, they're driven towards some career goal yeah. often. And within that, there is, you know, the negative would be like, there's oftentimes more superficiality around relationships. People will... Like the joke is like in LA when you're out to lunch with somebody, people are, you know, kind of the person you're with is always kind of like looking over their shoulder to see if like someone more popular came in the room. In moments, there's some somewhat of like a high school type dynamic. <laughs> I noticed that at going to like conferences as well. Yeah. There's a similar thing of like, okay, who's who's cool? Like, how do I work my way up through this social hierarchy here? We're all, yeah. you know, it's just a bunch of primates trying to work their way up through the, the hierarchy. And then eventually, hopefully you get past that and be a little bit more like, 
like Ram Das talks about the, you know, you have to first become somebody to eventually ideally become nobody. But if you never wow. became somebody, then the nobody part won't have as much meaning. Man. So anyhow. It's crazy. I know it's, it has that, that vibe and I mean, people buy into it, but I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, it's, that's kind of what makes it what it is too. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, got I mean, that. I think there's, I mean, a lot of cool stuff. I, I mean, it's like Darwinism, you know, people come together and through competition comes cool stuff all of a sudden like cool we have a, a a spaceship that's going to mars you know it's like well that's maybe that's a weird example because i don't know if people <laughs> about going to mars other than elon musk but nonetheless <laughs> had other other degrees of competition forcing him to become so strange <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome how's the podcast going man how's the align podcast the align podcast is good man yeah, I love it. I've done 250 odd episodes last week or a couple weeks was with Marion Williams Williamson, who's running for president. He's like a wow. spiritual leader, female that I've been enamored by with you know last long time. So that was really cool. And yeah, it's an ongoing learning process. I'm, I'm still learning how to do a, a decent interview. You know, it's like a cool thing. Man, I know, right? It's we're at like I don't know. I think I've done like 125 or something, but each time. I still get a bit nervous. Like, I don't know whether that's like, I don't know. I don't know whether that's kind of like going into like, if you're playing sports, like it's a good anxiety, it's a good nervous. It's like, you want to lean into that, but still every single time you feel like after doing that many, that it would be, you know, you wouldn't get that, but do you still, do you still, when you have somebody, you know, yeah. of high status or, or that you look up to that you kind of get nervous. Cause you've interviewed some big names, man. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. It depends. It's just like, like with Marianne, for example, I was nervous because I was getting into a topic that I know so minimal about, which is <laughs> like politics, you know? So for that reason, yeah, pretty darn nervous. But if something's directly in like my wheelhouse, yeah, pretty rare that I'm, I'm nervous about that at this point. But the second that it goes into the fringes, which that's a great thing that you are getting nervous or that I am getting nervous in those situations because I'm sorry about myself it because it means that I'm going into growth yeah. you know if there's nothing if you're not nervous about it then it means you're not living in any form of, of border or edge of yourself you know, so I think that that having a dose of nervousness with regularity is a good indication that you're living your life in such a way that you're actually you know pushing boundaries yeah. and then there's also a nice time to just like relax and have a cuddle and like not be nervous yeah you know, so you need yeah. to have that, you know, that, that combination of hermetic stressors and then, you know, go back into like rest and digest and repair and then go back into a stressor. But, you know, yeah. any, anyhow, going into the well, woods. Yeah. But all you, I mean, good icebreaker, just take them in the sauna. Just take them in the sauna. Well, that's a out. fascinating thing, you know, and that, yeah. that gets into like what the, I have a book coming out that you already obviously know about. And a big part of, of that is how our environment affects our physiology, how it affects our thoughts, our feelings, you know, our postural patterns. And then in turn, our postural patterns feed back into all that other stuff I just said. Yeah. And so an example of how to perhaps create a more open, warm, authentic conversation with a person. And this doesn't mean, mean be like you're a host of podcasts. This could be, you're going out on a date. This could be, you're doing a business meeting, you know, you're hanging out with your father, you know, or the first yeah. time in a long time and you want to have a, you know, a deep connected conversation with him instead of giving him like a glass of cold lemonade, you know, and cranking up the air conditioner to make him feel like he has to kind of contract and go in and kind of feel kind of 
cold. There's yeah. been research that I, I bet you've heard of before that sh- that showed when people are holding a cold beverage, they perceive uh, others in the world around them as being a little bit more like closed and cold um, yeah. compared to when, say, if you give somebody like I'm drinking right now, like a, like a warm cup of tea or coffee or something that's like you can just hold on to that warmth. It starts yeah. to open that person up at at a cellular and mental emotional level. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, I feel so much more, I feel so comforting around you, Lance. Like what it is, yeah. it's like, <laughs> well, I, you know, we're sitting in a sauna and you're drinking tea, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm massaging your leg. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you start to, war- yeah, definitely. It makes sense. I've heard that. And I haven't actually tested it actually happening, but it, it makes total sense. Yeah. But why I like I the sauna too, bro. It's like, I don't know what it is, but whenever after the gym I go in there, and all of a sudden, these, these ideas just start flowing, man. And I'll get in these conversations with people. And I'll just start, like, I'll start going off. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, yeah. And I, I feel like, like I know it's, it's the heat shock proteins and everything. But it's fascinating. Well, it's whatever, so whatever it is. A lot, I think there's a lot of magic as well. You know, like we isolate yeah. specific scientific variables because the scientific flashlight went, whoosh, like, cool. Yeah. Heat shock proteins, cold shock proteins, exactly. noradrenaline, whatever, like got yeah. it. Now I say that word and yeah. now I visualize that, you know, and then placebo effect starts coming in, which is more right. like magic, you know, because I'm identifying with that specific word, I'm like, okay, it's happening. Yeah. But beneath heat shock proteins and all that stuff, I think there's a lot more, it's just, it's you know, crazy. there's a lot of logic and a lot of like, oh yeah, well, it just feels good. And then within yeah. that, it feels good. I think it's just a bunch of fucking magic. And your brain just starts, it's fucking insane, man. It's insane. There's nothing better than a workout, sauna, cold shower. There's nothing better for your, for your well-being, like how you feel after. I, I, even if I feel like absolute shit and I go in there and sweat it out, there's just something that happens and there's some sort of something that comes alive in my conversations when I'm in the sauna. Like yeah. it's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's that. It's your, your pretty sad. And yeah. then, and then within that, there's not. You know, so in that situation, you're saying you feel more, you know, creative and expansive and, you know, that's what happens. You think of like yourself kind of like water, you yeah. know, it's like, what is the state of the human mind or the human body? It's like saying like, what is the state of water? Like, what is yeah. a stupid, that's a stupid question. You yeah. know, it's like, what is the state? What's the like, well, what's the pressure of the environment? What's the temperature, which is in relation to pressure, you know, and then yeah. all of a sudden, okay, cool. Now you have your, now you have your answer of what is the state of water? You know, and so when you yeah. put yourself into that environment, then it changes your state and, you know, the way that you think and feel is associated to all that stuff. But there's, you know, so walking and dancing and more fluid movement and such is associated with more like creative, divergent type thinking, divergent, mm-hmm. like outside of the box. If you go into more stillness, like think of like doing like a Scantron test. I don't even know, even know what those are. Scantron, yeah, I remember. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's terrible. It's like abuse. Just gives, just gives me a bad feeling in my stomach. It's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, so doing that, actually sitting still from what various research that I've seen can be of, of benefit because it's going much more into that convergent, you know, just like focused on staying with inside the boxes and draw inside of the line. Yeah. You know, so if you want your, your physical body is an, ex, again, expression of the way you're thinking and feel like broken record at this point with it. But so you can see when a person walks down a street, I don't know the way you walk through a room is the way you walk through your life. When a person walks down the street, you can pretty much get a decent sense of their personality just based off of watching them 
move, you know, watching the way they conversate. If you're watching a dude pick up a chick across the room at a coffee shop or something, like, you know, without hearing any of the words, how it's going. You know, you don't need, you're like, oh, he's definitely creeping her out. You know, she definitely thinks he's a stalker. Or like, oh, wow, she's like opening up, posturally opening up. Oh, wow, she touched his hand. You know, so you can see all that stuff because we're communicating with our bodies. You know, our words are just like minutiae for the most part. It's amazing how some people don't have that intuition to know that what they're doing isn't working or it's like, it becomes so awkward to watch. Uh Like if somebody's trying to, if somebody's being like, you know, aggressive or annoying somebody and they just keep going and, and, and it's so painful to watch that man. And I don't understand how some people just don't see that, don't get that when they're doing it, you know? I think it's if you feel like you don't have any other opportunities, you just say, fuck it. And you just go yeah. all in. You just keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's the, that's like the irony of being a, a human, especially like a human that's like attracted to any, anyone, you know, is drawn, drawn like yeah. the mating game or anything, you know, wealth or a job or something like that. The, the moment that it appears like you need the thing, all of a sudden it starts to push people away. Yeah. And the moment that you don't give a shit about it, people are like, Oh, please come in. That's so true, man. Yeah. That's so true. When you put that out there, yeah. it's like when you have, when you're, when you're dating somebody, it's like, you know, that it's off, you know, you can't. And then all of these people come at you. You're like, well, where were you when I was single? And then when you're single, you're almost putting out that, like that aggressiveness. Yeah. yeah what's that Mike Jones song back then? Y'all hoes didn't want me. Now I'm hot. Hoes all up on me or whatever. <laughs> Shit's <Yeah>. deep. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Humans, man. Humans. Yeah. We're, uh, we're an interesting characters. Yep. I was listening to your podcast on Whitney's show. She was just on here, too. Whitney Miller. Oh, good. Whitney. A little wit. Yeah, she's awesome, man. We had she's a good sweet. conversation. But I yeah. listened to your podcast on her at on hers that was fucking entertaining bro oh good <laughs> yeah that was a, that was that was a, that was definitely a uh, comical and informative podcast <laughs> what i what i found interesting about well one of the things bro is i wanted to talk about is the the pasana i wanted mm-hmm. to i wanted to get your for people that don't know out there i liked how you kind of explained it and maybe just give people insight of like what it is and kind of how what you went through with it yeah man vipassana i it's pronounced vipassana i think is yeah, what is how okay? like fancier people say it but i always just i just stick with yeah. vipassana but i don't know yeah that's i was gonna just like end it at that like it's pronounced vipassana and then just move on but so essentially it's like a 10-day silent meditation and during that time frame you're doing and there's different variations they have like three days they have like 20 days they have you know different versions the typical one is 10 days and during yeah. that time frame you're sitting in it's called noble silence and so you're not allowed to look at anybody and they take away your any kind of like notebook or pen they obviously take your cell phone and you get up at four in the morning and there's a you know a dude volunteer guy that walks around with a gong and rings the gong and wakes you up and then you go into the group sit for an hour and you essentially just do these consecutive hour-long sits pretty much repeatedly throughout the day for a span of 10 days Mm -hmm. with nothing else to do other than just like contemplate life or you know ideally try and just like pay attention to your breath and pay attention to sensation in your body it's fascinating man it it, it changed the way that i perceive pain in the body which is an interesting thing Mm -hmm. you know because i've been you know i'm i I do rolfing and i've been doing 
you know, combination of manual therapy and movement coaching, helping people move better to help their bodies feel better for the last while. Mm. And so pain and what the hell that is, has been like something I've interest for a long time. So to feel pain in my body build up, 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 up. And then to the point that it's like, almost like the pain, like combusts or dissolves, you know, and, and, you know, feeling like, oh, wow, that thing that was so excruciating in my hip or knee or shoulder or whatever, all of a sudden it just like, you know, I sat with it for 40 minutes or four days or whatever. And all of a sudden it like, it just dissolves and moves. It's like, okay, like what the hell is pain in the first place then? Cause you have this, you have this mechanical explanation of like, okay, cool. Your back hurts. So therefore there's some type of, you know, impingement in around your L5 S1 disc herniation, valgus knee pronated, whatever you're like, aha, I, fi I figured it out. I've came up with my mechanical analysis. And then you do something like that where I've heard, I did a podcast with a guy called San Sanjay Raul recently who did a, a documentary that I recommend called 3100 run and become mm -hmm. that's, it's just great. I can get into, it's like a, it's a race in New York city that people run each year. That's 3,100 miles in the span of like, I think it's like a week. They're only like a couple marathons a day around this little city block. Anyways, I was talking to him. He did a long race, not that long, but a long race. And during that time he had this cramp in his leg that was like, debilitating like he was like he was putting him down like he thought he's really seriously hurting himself but he kept on going and then all of a sudden there was like this like snap not like an audible snap but snap into what he described as being like this just overwhelming sensation of elation and you know the the, the pain that he had in his body just dissolved completely and then he was like free which is pretty fascinating. He said that wow. sensation lasted with him for, you know, he like said he, in the podcast, he's like, I couldn't shake it for, you know, like days or maybe even weeks, but a, a, at least days after that, he's like, yeah, this sensation of elation was just like, I couldn't get it off of me. Wow. You know, but that was going through, it's kind of like the story, like Jesus Christ or any kind of like hero's journey, Joseph Campbell stuff. Like you go through and you like fight the dragon, essentially. In this case, it was like the, the, the spasm in his leg. And then the other side of that is like all this treasure. Pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I mean that pain that you're facing while you're sitting there. Even I mean, what is that? How does that? How does that even make sense that it just goes away? Yeah. Well, like I it's don't, I don't know. In short, and then in long longer than than that, they so I mean it, it's I think it's just different interpretation. There's different languages to, yeah. to describe similar things. Yeah. Again, kind of like religion, and you know, in the the religion or language of vipassana or vipassana. Uh, Gwenka is talking about that. He does this like discourses where he talks about philosophy and like meditation, all that stuff in the evening. He's dead, but it was like that video thing that everybody watches. It's, I mean, it's pretty cool because everybody's watched yeah. the same video over and over again so many times. So it's kind of fascinating to see that like distilled video that you know is just, it's like this recurrent thing over the last, I don't, I don't know how long, mm. 30, 40 years or something. And it will continue on like that. It's very fascinating. But he calls it samskaras, which that's not what he calls. Like I think, like in Buddhism, that's what they're called. And it's like this internal tension that is as you start to sit in silence and you know, kind of allow yourself to get off of that superficial layer of thought and distraction. All of a sudden, you'll start to get into deeper-held, repressed 
emotions and maybe anger, or maybe sadness or, you know, sexual repression or some type of like something that it wasn't maybe quite appropriate to express out. So I just kind of put it down. And now I'm kind of like a little volcano that moves around the world and is just slowly building up. And right. so he describes those sensations that are coming out as like, well, you got still enough for your internal processing system to start to go in and observe these samskaras and then they start to come up and you start to feel it because you're addressing it. That's one interpretation. There's another guy called John Sarno, wrote a book called Mind Over Back Pain. It calls pain in the body, chronic pains, uh, tension myositis, which he says that a, a ridiculously high percentage of chronic pain is a product of exactly what I described before, like repressed mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. You know, and eventually the body kind of winds up and he describes it as like it muscles get deoxygenated because of the contraction and then they produce pain. And you could say it's a more of a mechanical thing and maybe there's inflammation around that area and it's kind of pushing up against sensory receptors and it's creating this sensation of, of you know, a fire in my knee. There's so many different ways to peel the pain onion. Yeah, it's, I just think about it and there's not... There's not very much, there, there isn't very many situations where you can allow yourself to sit with yourself for that long, right? Uh -huh. We're always, we're always grabbing the externals, right? Whether that's coffee, food, alcohol, sex. Yeah. I mean, how long does the average person go without some sort of external thing? I don't know. For me, not very long. I'm, 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 I'm messed up, man. Me, man, me too. And I think about it. I think about it. I'm like, like it's, it's fucking crazy to think about that because we all, most people lack discipline. I know I do in all areas. So how did that help you in discipline for discipline though? Does that sort of, does it, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, cause I really want to do this. This is what fascinates me. And I know people out there are listening or like, how the fuck can you go for 10 days? And even that seems crazy. But there's got to be some sort of like recharge that or some sort of, you know, refresh of your body that allows you to sort of install some sort of discipline once you finish that. Am I wrong with that or? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, that's what it does. I mean, you, but that could be anything. You go to a hunting yeah. trip for a few days in like the mountains, and, you know, and, and sleep on a hard mat and only have bars to eat. And, you know, like yeah. that would be an example of that. Or you could fast, you know, at your house and maybe start with three days. It's not dangerous you know like the, i mean if you're really stressed out if you're, you're like maybe a woman and you're pregnant or menstruating or something like that maybe like talk to a doctor about it or something you know but that's like a, another micro example of like for most of us like food wins over everything yeah. Yeah, you know man. so it's okay cool it's noon you know so i'm getting this this spike of ghrelin and hormones that are telling me that it's time to put food in my face you know, yeah. and also maybe just because I'm, I'm habituated to doing that feels, it would feel, make me feel anxious and uncomfortable and kind of have this like void if I wasn't like, you know, gnawing my jaw at, at noon. Yeah. You know, so every time that you, every time that you can, you can overcome that because you really don't need food in no. like in a day, like it's actually quite good for you to, to, to yeah. occasionally not go with any food for at least 24 hours. Again, depends on the person with that, like talk to a doctor, like a fasting expert or something, yeah. um, you know, but in general, you, you and I, I can say being, you know, fit 30 something men that have like a constitution to us, like 100%, both of us, I could, I could, you know, I'd bet my house on it. Like we can go three days right now, starting now without food yeah. and it would only have a positive impact. 
Absolutely. You know, so there's lots of other situations where it's like, okay, maybe like talk to somebody about it first. But, you know, so there's a lot of, in other words, I'm saying is there's a lot of examples. You don't necessarily need to sign up four months in advance and travel someplace to do a Vipassana thing. And there's a lot of little microwaves to, to, to do that. You know, something could be as well as like, instead of doing the calmest getting into the, into the book, the common way of sitting as you're at work, you know, or, you know, whatever, hanging out with your kids, dinner would be just sitting in a chair in that same position that you've been put in since you were, you know, in a stroller and then in a child seat. And then you go into kindergarten and first grade and you get stuffed into a chair and a desk. And then now kids have screens to stare at. So you're hunkered up in that. And that just winds your nervous system up, putting you into more of a stressed, anxious state. So a way that you could show some discipline and have like a little subtle micro win for yourself is just instead of checking your emails in your chair at your desk, like make the ground comfortable, get a comfy rug, get a floor cushion or some pillows, put that area near a window and spend some time like mobilizing your hips and stretching out your, you know, the, your hip flexors and your knees and your ankles, like while you're doing what you're already doing. You know, so now it's like, okay, I'm not even suggesting you fast for 24 hours. I'm saying literally just stretch out your hips a little bit while you, while you stare at Instagram, mm. you know, and maybe while you're staring at Instagram, stare at Instagram beside a window, you know, so that now you can look up from your phone and look out the window, yeah. you know, so you can have those subtle little micro changes that will start to cultivate enough momentum that can turn into bigger macro changes. Right. You know, but I think that if, if you're, it, it can be easy to feel stifled if you're just like, oh man, I need to make a million bucks or I need to, yeah, oh, for sure. you know, do a 300 day seated silent meditation thing, or I won't be, you know, enlightened enough or something. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things you can do. Make more yeah. eye contact with people, you know. Everyone's on the different level of their journey too. It's good to just start small, you know. Yeah, start and, small. You know, little steps build up. It's really important. I, I find with eating, it's more of a, it can be, because I've sat and I've thought about it all day. It's fine. And then it's in the evening. It's like, it's, it's like a boredom thing or like emotionally. Totally. I read about like, that in the book. It's comfortable or something. It's like, oh no, I, I'll fast. Like I can fast, but I haven't done a five day, but I can do 24 hours. I know I could do it, but I just think of it like, well, why am I eating? And it's almost like you get to that point when you're doing a fast, you're like, why am I doing this again? I've worked hard. I can eat. And then you just totally fucking switch the, the whole reason of why you started in the first place to this like emotional, this emotional, like I earned always, this food. Yeah. You always can eat. It's just a, you also like your body will be healthier for the most part if you fast, you know? And so doing that, going through that thing, like, of course you can eat. It's not an abusive thing. It's just, if you can you know, it's like if you, to really appreciate a shower, a warm shower, it's very helpful for you to like spend some time wet and in the cold and, you know, yeah. out in the elements. And then you come back, you're like, oh my God, this is the best shower I've ever had. You know, it could be like, <laughs> yeah. a, it could be like a warm bucket of water you just like pour over your body. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh my God, it's the best. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, you can eat, you know, and you can sit on the lazy boy sofa and you can do all of the things. You can stare at your phone and at the yeah. TV and all that. Um, but all those things will feel, if you invest in creating some little like micro struggles yeah. in your life, 
all of a sudden those moments of like, oh yeah, the reward, yeah. it's just a, a higher density of like feel good sensation. So it's really up to you. I mean, you Absolutely. can live you your gotta, life any way you want. You got to put stressors like that in your life. Otherwise there's just no, there's no rewarding feeling. You got to, everything is always more enjoyable after a little bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's just, research around that. There's, yeah, of course. There's, uh, the cold, the cold plunge. You're into cold yeah. stuff, so you might have seen that. There's research around mice that were dropped as they were. They're called pups, rat, rat pups. As they were babies, they were dropped in this cold, little cold water. I don't know what the container was. A little cold blood, yeah. and they would do that really throughout the day. And then what they found is the adult version of those of those mice or rats they were more resilient to stress because they had been learning how to react effectively to stress since they were little. Now, so if you're a person that lives this affluent, posh life, but you also have this underlying sensation of anxiety, or maybe you feel sadness or disconnect, or maybe you suffer from obesity or like any of those things that are becoming so much so common, there's a good chance that you could use a little bit more of like a rat pup cold plunge experience to start to expose your body to those subtle stressors because it actually teaches your body how to live. And so we've done a really exceptional job at pulling all of those stressors out of our lives. And now people are statistically becoming sicker and sicker. And so now it's like, okay, so now we live in this environment where you can hypothetically pull out most of like the movement, environmental, hunting, gathering based stressors. So now that bandwidth of stress that was distributed through all of that is now just penetrated into us feeling like we're going to have an anxiety attack once a year. Mm. <laughs> <Fuck. It's> crazy. <laughs> We're so soft now, man. So soft. Yeah. Soft's fine. I think soft. It's good to have a balance of soft, man. You want to be soft and hard as fuck. You want to. You want to be able to oscillate. The pendulum needs to swing both sides. I don't like. Yeah, I don't like that. Like you got to be hard ass all the time. I think there's a good balance, right? Like it's it's healthy to have a soft side to you. Yeah. Well, people get imbalanced the other other way because they all of a sudden exactly what you're saying. They have this kind of like. uh, almost like resentment of, of softness yeah. or fear yeah. of it or something like that because of an imbalanced culture. So now they're just hard as nails and like, hit yeah. me in the stomach and fucking, you know, yeah. like, like, yeah. and you know, and they got their American flag bandana on and they got their sleeveless yeah. shirt and they're fucking swinging sandbags and they're fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> I'm glad that you're doing that. That's very cool. That's great. But hopefully you also know how to like pet a puppy and be like Absolutely. nurturing to a child and like make love to a woman. Yeah. And there's like all sorts of other things yeah. as well. You just, you, you want the pendulum just to swing, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, a, that's the same. It's the same thing as before. It's just, you know, physically, mentally, all that stuff. You just want to be able to paint with all the colors. If you just paint with one, eventually you get burnt out with that color. Then you run out and your, you know, your body freaks out. Yeah, no, for sure. So I'm curious, man, how has the process been with writing a book? Walk us through, walk us through all that. Like, how has that been for you? And I it's know awesome. that I've heard it's just like so much work. I haven't wrote a book yet one day. Well, so my, yeah, so my baseline, my default mode is kind of more like, I mean, you could probably tell just from hearing me talk, like yeah. kind of like fluid. I'm like a Venice person. My shirt's off a lot and I'm barefoot <laughs> a lot. And I like walk on slack lines and I, you know, do acro yoga. And I think psychedelics are interesting occasionally. 
you know, so my world, my world is, is, you know, and I do Vipassana meditation retreats and shit like that. You know, so my world is more typically commonly trends towards like fluid type stuff. Yeah. I also like kettlebells and deadlifts and powerlifting and, and boxing yeah. and jujitsu. And I have, you know, I have a, a bow We're going like on a hunting trip in Hawaii next week. Like nice. I like the other stuff too. But nonetheless, the reason I'm saying all that is it was very helpful for me to incorporate with a publisher in New York City and have an agent in New York City and have the art team and have the photographers and have this schedule and okay, this is due on May 20th or you're screwing all of us. You know, like you need to show up for this because my natural tendency is if I'm not, if I don't like need to show up for a thing, if I haven't entered a competition where I'm potentially going to get my ass kicked, if I don't like train for it then i my common tendency is just to like go surf and you know yeah it's whatever like i'd rather just go to uh, like i'll get a trip to bogota and you know i'm gonna go and yeah. eat tacos and speak spanish and you know just <laughs> aimlessly wander yeah. the world yeah but when someone's like no you can't do that Aaron. like you like this you gotta buckle down the contract we have six months to do this or everybody's gonna think you're an idiot yeah. So I'm like, oh fuck, okay, cool. I'll like focus. So it was very helpful that to that was the meandering way of describing. I found working with a, a, a team that balances out my weaknesses was was immensely helpful. Not just to get the book done, but to like teach me how to be a better human being. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So that was interesting. I got to learn a lot, obviously, from you know creating. I, I co-wrote. I had I had a guy called Phil White who co-wrote with like Kelly Starrett, and he's done stuff with like Laird Hamilton, and he's done That's he awesome. did uh, Unplugged with uh, Brian McKenzie and Andy Galpin. He's just he's like been in the industry doing this stuff for like the last twenty years, and so we collaborated on the book. And I mean, it's just super fun getting like essentially bringing a tribe together. I had like the world leading expert of most of the things I discussed in the book, review that chapter and get to hear their feedback. And like all my sphincters were totally clenched up as I'm like pressing send for them to read it. So it's cool. There's a lot of different things that came up during the process, but I, I got to learn a lot. They, oh man, we got sirens. Woo! <laughs> Did did they make a lot of changes? Were you like, oh fuck, like this is not what I wrote? No, everyone really, for the most part, the chapters. I mean, we like really did our due diligence with most things, yeah. and in a lot of the chapters, I literally would like call the people and ask them, or email, or you know, or gathering information from yeah. my own podcast. And um, yeah, we 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 were we were pretty. We worked hard on making sure that the research was on point. Yeah, good. And yeah, so it worked. Yeah, for the most part, people people were like, "This is great," and it would be fun to add this or you know something. It was it was pretty easy. Fuck. Well, you're a smart guy, man. I I don't doubt like it's gonna be a great book. Are you gonna do audio as well or? Yeah, yeah, we're setting yeah. up to do the audio book in the next like couple of weeks. So I'm I'm gonna read the whole the whole book myself, which is the book in total is is eight hours. I I found out, so I'll be oh, sitting wow. in just you know for three days, which eight hours isn't that bad. It's not, it's not, not crazy. I don't like it. If a book's over eight hours, I get kind of bummed. Yeah. That's you pretty know. cool though, to do, do it for your own book, you know? Yeah. Like, well, especially like, hosting the podcast, it'd be weird. People are, people are going to listen to this. People are going to, I mean, what a great feeling. It's I know, exciting. I well, know, you, you man. Like, with the podcast. I mean, that's, that's yeah. Yeah. That's it's, I want to do a book different. one day too, man. I just, I love that, that idea of, you know, fucking putting together a book and, and, and it's like this physical thing or whatever, even like doing the audio and just like, it's your, it's your thing, you know? Well, it's your thing. And it's also, so another thing that came up with the book writing process that was 
different for me than most other other expressions that I have in the form of like podcast or social media or blogs or even like writing for magazines and stuff. Most of those things I don't care about as as much as my book. You know, like I care about everything, but it's you know, and I I mean I actually immensely care about the podcast because I, I you know the idea of thousands of people listening to it and I have a lot of fear of being not enough or fear of being, you know, not smart enough or not cohesive with my thoughts enough or, you know, any of that stuff. So that's like this reoccurring thing. But with a book, it's different because it's your absolute best expression. You know, it's like, okay, the podcast, it was an hour long conversation. We did subtle edits on it. You know, I did my best to have the best conversation that I could, you know, but you, you know, it's, you know, we're hanging out in my sauna talking. Yeah. You know, so if it's, I mess up, it's weird. It's like, oh, whatever, you know, yeah. a siren came through. It's like, oh, it's fine. It's a podcast. That's good. Uh, with a book, it's like, no, bitch, you had a year to make this as good as you possibly could. You know, and it, this is like, everybody knows, like you have your reputation and your name hanging on this thing. And if it's not, you know, whatever it is, it's actually like a more vulnerable, true expression of like, okay, this is the best I can do. Yeah. Whereas I think for a good percentage of my life, it's still something I'm, I'm working on unwinding. I've kind of operated with this, oh, I could have done better, you know, or, oh, like I was tired or, oh, I didn't really take it that seriously or, oh, I didn't really care, you know, and that's just a habit. Like, I think it's way more interesting to live your life like you really give a shit in every situation. Yeah. You know, it's like when you have a conversation with somebody new, when you're checking out, getting coffee at the coffee shop, like, you know, when you're resting, when you're just walking down the street, like like really do that shit like walk (laughs) like what you know like really like like feel that experience you know like this is the best walk i can do right now like i'm walking like a mofo right now yeah yeah so that with the the book is a good practice of that that's a really good point bro like you really it really i don't want to say force is the wrong word but it you know it allows you to really hone in on all your knowledge and really focus like laser focus on what you have and there's no there's no running. And I think that's really important for people, you know, yeah. because that's such a big project. You can't fuck it up. And yeah, like you're right with podcasts, it's kind of, it, it, there's not, there's a lot of loose, loose ends. Like it doesn't, you know, it's kind of loosey goosey at times and it's expected. Yeah. And, and people like that. People like to hear the sirens like, Ooh, that's, what's yeah. going on there. But yeah, the book, man, that's, it's a really good point. And it's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people have projects like that nowadays that, that they really have that sort of focus in. Yeah. It's not since like public speaking in high school or something that you're really like crapping your pants about a project. Like most mm-hmm. things are pretty under wraps, yeah. you know? And so, so having that, just an opportunity like we were talking about before of like having some anxiety. It's a good indication that you're on the right track, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's if there's, and that's essentially what the book is about is teaching people how they can integrate more effective movement or intentionality into the way that they breathe and the way that they sit and the way that they stand and the sounds in their environment, the way that that affects their physiology, how they can start to leverage that as tool as a tool, the way that you look, you know, your sight, are you looking at your screen all day, which does something to your nervous system? Are you looking out over the horizon, which does something else to your nervous system? You know, literally the whole, your whole entire day is just this, this conglomeration of opportunities that for the most part, we were never taught about that. So therefore we never see them, 
you know, yeah. so it's kind of like if you buy a like a you know whatever car you buy a Honda Accord or something, you are like, wow, like everybody in this town has Honda Accords. This crowd never noticed a Honda Accord before this. It's like, well, it's just you haven't been paying attention. Yeah. You know, so when you walk into the any room, like I don't care what the room is, there's I would say with the book, the the book is a guide. You'd be able to point out at least ten to twenty opportunities of how everybody in that room could be more effective in that moment for their for their health, their well being, their confidence, their longevity, their structural health. Yeah, it's just we don't we don't see it because we don't think about it. Like the, the the mold that we come from is more geared towards sit in the desk, fill in the scantron, you know, and then eventually yeah. you'll be successful in quotations, and then you'll get a job, and then maybe you'll get a boat someday and you know it's kind of just like working our way up the ranks chasing the uh, next thing chasing the next thing but there's not a lot of instruction on okay here's how you take care of your mental health here's emotional yeah. health here's physical health hey, let's talk about longevity let's do a class on longevity this is what you need to be doing on a momentary basis on a daily basis for you to be happy healthy strong confident when you're 90 mm. like it's just not a it's like a non-conversation so then when we do get to those points all of a sudden we have to pay somebody out the ass to take care of us, you know? And so then it gets into like tinfoil hat conspiracy theory stuff where it's like, there's not a lot of reason for those people creating pharmaceutical drugs or people creating adult diapers or people creating, you know, antidepressant medication or diet pills or anything like that to really give a dang about the core root of our health. Because if we did, it would be like, cool, go outside more. Oh crap. Okay. We're not making any money off of that. Take your shoes off, be near trees, expose your, your skin to the sun, take your shirt off, expose your eyes to the sun, you know, spend more time on the ground. You know, it's like, instead of investing all this money on self-care tools, nothing against any of them. Um, have you spent any time on the ground mobilizing your hips just through the sheer act of, of sitting on a cushion? Mm. You know, so most of the stuff to be healthy and optimal, it's like, it's, free to to very affordable and it's all around you but it doesn't have any affiliate code that somebody in the internet's going to get like 15 percent cut on commissions yeah it's so <laughs> so true man like <laughs> there's there's so many people that don't want to just do the simple things and i liked what you were saying about how like when you walk into a room like kind of unpacking the present moment like and actually seeing like how can and how, how much people could improve the, the situation there. Like people are so, so blind in the situation. They're not even paying attention to what is actually happening. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, like, they're, get they're the up. thing, go to the next thing, get the thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Look at the clock. Okay. I got to go here. And it's like this constant tunnel vision of the yeah. next thing, the next thing. Yeah. They're not blind. They're just focused, but they're just yeah. focused on something that's not necessarily in relation to their biological well-being it's focused on like you know okay cool i want to make money or i want to you know meet this person and be able to you know have sex with this potential mate or like there's like most of our lives we're like okay money sex you know and other things kind of circle around that like okay i want to get this car because it's comfortable and it'll attract a better mate you know i want to take care of my house and all that stuff because it'll like make me feel good and, and it'll probably attract a better mate you know, oh, I want to like make more money. You know, it's like, I think what most, it all comes down to. Most things come to, yeah, we're a bunch of bacterial critters that want to procreate and feel safe. <laughs> 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 yeah, when you break it down, it's crazy when you think about humans, man. 
Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. Crazy. And then beyond, beyond all that, I think that there's, you know, this like infinite sea of love and connection. And we're all like connected to this one massive fluid unicity and it's all love and light and all that stuff. But then on top of that, we want to like, you know, fuck and yeah. you know, make babies and, you know, it's, it's all good. <laughs> oh man so i'm in, they're in your book i, I kind of want i want to get into this a little bit just to yeah. give people a little bit of insight so just to kind of I, I i there's just two things i wanted to ask you about it how can people use your method the aligned method to start to basically start their day off right and then yeah. how can they do that at the end of the night well, there's, that's, that's very convenient. You haven't read the book, but there's, there's literally a, how to align your morning and then align your evening. I did, that so on, there, did that on purpose. Cause I that was good. Read, yeah. Did you see the book? Yeah. I scanned through it. Oh, did I send you the PDF or something? Yeah, yeah, the PDF. Uh, okay. I was going to say, I was like, damn, son, that's pretty great. <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah. So that's, so, so first of all, first and foremost, I was actually originally resistant against calling it a method because I think like any, you know, existence and movement and all that stuff is is far more amorphous mm. than anyone like methodology like do this this and that so the publishers pretty much demanded i call it method now that it's called method i actually am really glad they did i think it makes a lot more sense and it helped me me and phil write the book around like okay, let's like make this as methodological as possible yeah whereas before and that's helpful with like the masses being able to read it and have it like a, a cogent kind of sensation of like, okay, I do this and it's helpful. I'm really glad that we did that. So in relation to like morning time stuff, something that's really valuable is getting sun exposed to your skin, like first thing. You know, so when you get up in the morning, I like to make my bed. It's like a little victory. Same. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a nice thing to, to walk past your room and like, it doesn't need to be perfect. And then you'd be like four yeah. seasons or whatever, just like walk past your room and like, yeah, cool. Like I'm an organized person. Bam, yes. like start of the day. It feels good. You know, and then from there, before I do anything, I'll literally just walk outside, have my shirt off. Sometimes I'm wearing boxers or, you know, whatever, and just get as much sun exposed to as much of my skin as possible. I absolutely won't wear sunglasses, especially at this time. And not ever. I think sunglasses, if you're driving on a highway, you know, and like you can't see, like it's, it's okay. But for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, sunglasses are far more intelligent to wear them at night. You know, so blocking blue lights. Mm. Sunglasses aren't. It's it's kind of strange. So it's a it's it's very strange invention. Sunglasses. You know, like sun is one of the the primary sources of energy for us at a cellular level. Mm. And so for us to have a fear of blocking the sun away from our bodies, it literally makes us sick. That's why if you go to like Seattle or different dark places, like okay, we need to get special light bulbs so we get the full spectrum of light. Meanwhile, we're being sold this idea that the sun is, you know, going to kill us. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. Set your circadian rhythm, get your hormones set up in a, in, a good, in a good way by exposing yourself to sun. And then from there, get yourself some water. And I like to swish out the first sip and then spit it out to get all like the, the nighttime kind of build up in your mouth. Kind of gross to talk about. Yes. And then I'll throw some some salt into the water, yeah. remineralizing it because for the most part, filtered water is void of the helpful minerals that actually help you assimilate water, mm. you know, electrolytes and all that stuff. It's actually good for your energy levels. And then like dance around, walk, move, you know, get yourself going. You know, that's, that's enough. You do gratitude, whatever. There's like all the steps that I have in there. I'm not going to go through all of them. And then the evening time, it's 
same thing, tap into that light conversation. So you want to make sure that you are blocking out the blue light. So start using candles, get some type of, you can get like red bulbs or incandescent light bulbs that actually run warmer. I just did a podcast with a guy called Brian Hoyer. We broke all this down for me. A warmer light bulb will be better for our physiology because it doesn't do that alternating current flip thing so much like a strobe light. So a cool light, it essentially is like a, a strobe light that's going, and this isn't my field of expertise, by the way, this is I'm gathering this from like other people's conversations. So do your own research on this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. On this specific like light bulbs and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so just pay attention to light. Get yourself a pair of blue blockers. Start using like more like natural lighting. Once the sun goes down, veer into that direction. I think that's enough. Can I just ask you about one thing here? And this has been a thing that I've been seeing for a while is that so there's the daytime blue blockers and the nighttime. What I'm seeing is a lot of people wearing the nighttime during the day. Can you explain yeah. why that's a problem? Because you need a certain amount of blue light during the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so ideally those daytime blue blockers would be because a person is in a Walmart or an office. As well, I don't know if you're going to get into this, but I want to just clarify is that they wear the dark ones in the day and they're not supposed to because yeah. those right? Like I've seen that and I've tried to tell people that I see that ask me or whatever, is that there's specific light ones for the day because you do need a certain amount. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to get the full spectrum of, of light on yeah. your skin, eyes, the whole thing. You don't want to stare directly at the sun. It's technically safe to do it like right as it's cresting and going over. Yeah. You know, so sunset, sunrise, like on that last little like depending on, you know, where you're at on earth. But, you know, for the last like minute or so, typically it's like, you're, you're good. But yeah, so during the daytime, if you are in a place where you're just being chronically exposed to like LED lights or fluorescent lights or any of those things, then it can be a value to wear those like lighter complected glasses. Yeah. But yeah, your body needs blue light during the day. Um, you know, it's, it's like a, a nutrient. But if you're outside wearing blue blockers, then that will be very problematic for you. Yeah. In fact, there was some, there was actually, I think blue blockers, you got to look this up. I haven't actually looked it up. It's something I, I've heard. It's a fact checker. I think they actually got sued because there are people wearing blue blockers during the day back when they first became popular. And there was uh, like, they were like getting sick and having all these issues. Yeah, um, have, you ever, total, have you ever heard that? No, but it makes total sense. It makes total sense. It drives me nuts seeing these dark tinges of orange during the day. I just want to be like, look, I know yeah, where you're, you're coming. You're coming from the right place. Yeah, like they're at a conference and they, I don't know, like they, they saw Dave Asprey wearing them or something. So they, they thought they're going to wear them all the time. But a lot of people don't they even don't know. Do they, don't, they don't know that it's actually hurting them. Yeah, ever since, I think, when was the first, was it 1879? Not that it matters. But ever since yeah. that, like that it's, it's brand new since, since the light bulb was invented you know and tesla and edison and the whole controversy with that since that happened that's the first in human history you know as far as we know maybe this is a simulation and this has happened like many many times or whatever but as far as we know as far as like, it is. yeah exactly as far as we know is like like the theory of evolution that's so ridiculously recent mm. You know, that our physiology, after the sun goes down, that you get an artificial sun blasted into your eyeballs. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild, man. You know, and so since the beginning of ever, you've run on the sun. And so you don't want to protect yourself from it during the day. Obviously, if you're getting sunburnt, if you're getting 
red or if it feels like you like you know when you've got too much sun of course you know it's the same way it's, it's like it's like imagine if people were like oh like you got to stop drinking water because water will kill you hypernatremia i saw these articles on hypernatremia man it's going to kill you you're like oh we stopped no more water it's like no 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 like you know when you drank too much water yeah <laughs> like the moment you're like you don't need a gallon like yeah. you you drink like cool i have a cup i got a cup we're good yeah yeah you know like have a cup of sun you know, like walk out, take your shirt off, expose your skin, you know, like do the whole thing. And then like, cool, like I got a cup, you know, yeah. and that's the way that sun exposure and exercise in general is the healthiest approach. You know, it's getting little titrates throughout the day. There's a, uh, in, the, in the book, I reference researchers from NASA that they, they were testing the fitness for astronauts and they found that the astronauts that would do small amounts of exercise in space regularly throughout the day compared to the ones that would do like big chunks essentially like that like the crossfit blowout workout after just like working a day sitting at an office all you know the whole time the people that would do those little micro chunks would have far less effects of zero gravity so essentially like what zero gravity does is it puts a person through like rapid aging you know so like their bones become less dense and muscle gets replaced with fat and cognitive decline all sorts of stuff happens but those little titrates of movement and fitness throughout the whole entire day actually prevent that compared to the people that are doing these you know front loading or back loading it what's well, the same thing with light you want to get out at 11 o'clock you want to get out at noon you want to get out at one you want to get out at four you want to watch the sunset you want to watch the sunrise and you want to do it all over again now that's who you've been since the beginning of ever yeah. you know so all of a sudden block that out it's just logically doesn't make sense and obviously that chain that that's dependent if you're living on in ecuador that's going to be vastly different than if you're living in Alaska or, you know, Ontario, you know, so that's Vancouver where I'm at, where Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's, so, so it's, it's always fluctuating, man. We read one magazine article or listen to one podcast and we're like, okay, cool. It's like, dude, that person was, that person in that podcast was talking from another place in the country Mm -hmm. and that revelation that they had about their, their health, like, their physiology and their makeup and everything is so different than yours. And you're living on another part of the world. Yeah. You know, so I think that you need to become curious and invest in your own health and just, just become curious, I think, is, is the big thing. Like test things. Don't just hear a thing on a podcast, including what I'm saying right now, and just be like, cool, that's it. I found the answer. Yeah. Check it out. See how it feels. If it makes you feel better, you're probably onto something. If it doesn't make you feel better, it may have been true, just not for you. Right. Yeah, I I find it just insane how we've been programmed to go out in the sun and put this weird chemical cream on our skin. Yeah, a, a hormone like, a hormone think about that. chemical cream. Think about that. How crazy that is and that's the norm. Yeah. How does that become the norm? Like how does that even happen? Advertising. It's man. crazy, that probably, man. That becomes the norm. It's yeah. it, and it happens in so many different areas too. But so sunblock can be valuable. It can, um, of course. So, 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 but sunblock is valuable the same way that a sun hat is valuable. Of course. Shirt is valuable. And then, then within that, the conversation, yeah. it's not, you can't just, not you, but a person, it's not wise to just say, oh, sunblock is bad. Of it's course. It's like the same way that sun is good or bad. It's everything. It depends on where you're at in the world. It depends yeah. on what sunblock you're using. So if you're using something like a zinc oxide with maybe like some coconut oil and maybe you put some mm-hmm. cacao butter in there or something like that, one, there's a lot of there's a lot of really beneficial nutrients in all of that just in general, even if you were just inside putting that on your skin. 
And then two, it's blocking the zinc is going to be blocking out the full spectrum of light. So it's more comparable to like wearing a sun hat or wearing a sweatshirt when you're while you're getting too much sun. The issue with most sunblocks beyond all of the hormone disrupting chemicals that you're putting in there, plus the pollution, yeah. you know, and the plastic bottles being shipped across the world and just like it's just and then you're jumping in the ocean or jumping in a river and all that stuff's being poured down the river and it's going into yeah. the, the, the fit. It's like, it's like that's a bummer. But as well, on top of all of that, because what's good for you is also good for the world and what's good for Earth is also good for you. That's just the way it works. But what's also a bummer about that is it's blocking out just specific frequencies of light as opposed to the whole thing. That's very confusing for the human organism because that's a new thing for us to walk out into the sun and some of the frequencies to be able to pass through and other frequencies to not. So now all of a sudden you're getting like this supplement form of the sun, which is very confusing. Yeah, I think that it's just so important to have variation. You know, like when I was living in Australia for five years, it's a different animal than the sun here. You know, like you got to be smart. You got to have a little bit of balance. It's just like nutrition. It's like not every, I don't believe that there's one diet for everybody. Well, your, diet, you gotta, your diet would be different in Australia than of course. as well. Everything yeah, changes. That's there's the no, beautiful there's no thing. One, there's no one answer to it. Like what you're, what you're doing might be totally different than anything that you or I am describing right now or ever. Yeah. And you might be exactly correct. Yeah. And the thing that I would advise, which is why, you know, after doing two, like almost 300 hours of interviews with people, like that's essentially what yeah. I've come up with is everybody's saying different stuff. And they all have scientific research to back it up. Yeah. You know, and so I'm like, okay, cool. Everybody's kind of right and kind of wrong. It just depends upon the situation. Yeah. And you just realize that everybody's still learning. Like everybody yeah. is constantly learning. Stuff that was said 10 years ago isn't relevant anymore. And it's like the constant evolution of knowledge. Some things are still relevant. Yeah. Well, I think, of course. I think, I think, I think most of the things that are nature related which is kind of where i have that's another thing that i've like if it was like an investment you know i i would say if it's if it's something that your ancestors did it's probably a safe investment you know there's like a quote from carl jung he said reforms through retrogressions are affordable and sustainable and reforms through technological advancement are expensive flashy and short-lived you know and so if there's if you're investing yourself in a PEMF machine or a red light machine or infrared sauna or any technology, you know, any tool, I wouldn't bet my house on it. You know, I'd be like, oh, cool. That's sweet. So they're like, all right, cool. But pharmaceutical drugs, you know, some type of, you know, groundbreaking concentration pill. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, Cool. It like got me through yeah. that interview. My word recall was like pretty good. Like that's, that's dope. What are the effects in 20 years? I don't know. What are the effects in 20 years of taking my shoes off, walking outside, climbing a tree, drinking spring water, having good access to community, massage therapy, touch, sunlight, sitting on, spending more time on the ground, hanging, hip hinging. I'm breaking down the chapters of the book now. Walking you know, soothing sounds, looking out into the distance as opposed to always being myopic with my vision, all of that, like I'll bet the yeah. whole farm on it. That's 100%. a great point. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Like all that, the nature, yeah. The, like the staples, the standard stuff. They're not going away. Yeah. Uh -uh. <laughs> They're only going to get more and more powerful. And that, I, I love that though. 
the simplest yeah. thing, the most basic thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and they're only going to gain more and more momentum as we get further into the technological hole, the, 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 the more valuable having plants behind you, I, I would imagine they're real. Yeah, they're real. Like, they're, they're like you have, yeah, it becomes, you know, they're literally oxygenating the air and making that room that you're in a more healthy place for you to live at a cellular level and emotional yeah. level. The plants are alive. They respond to music. They respond They're to great. personalities. Yeah. You know, you, you nurturing those plants is a form of community. You watering them. It's like a little, you're having like a little communion with them. It's, it's helpful. It's a big deal. It's tough. Keep, it's tough keeping the plants thriving though. Like it's, well, you just got to get the environment right. I got to environment. I gotta start singing them to them, man, and talking to them. I think so. Or they might be getting too much light, you know, or, yeah. or too much water. Or, you know, the That's opposite. True. But typically, I think it's with, especially with those ones, they, they probably like a little bit more like if they are dying. I mean, they, they seem kind of fine, but I, I would be, it's kind of like people, they're getting too much food. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, that's oftentimes true. like, no, it's like too much that's nutrients, good, too good much point. fertilizer, too much water, too we much gotta, light. Like, calm down. We got to fast them a bit. Fast them up a little. <laughs> When's your book coming out, brother? December 24th. It's out. It's almost out. Well, well, when this comes out, if you're listening, this might already be out. It might be in bookstores. And before December 24th, 2020, you can get it at thealignbook.com slash Amazon or Barnes and Noble or whatever for the pre-order. But I have all of those links at thealignbook.com. And there's some bonuses and extras that go with it. And yeah, it's by far, it's the, the, the thing that I'm the most proud of in my whole life. I don't have like a baby or anything, so I can't like have that being the thing. There's nothing that I'm more proud of than the book. So I, I, I know that it's going to provide an immense amount of value for people. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thank you. It's great to hear that. You know, it's great to hear when somebody's worked hard and they're proud of it. And, and man, it just means that much more when you release it, right? And people get, people can feel that, you know, it's not, it yeah, wasn't just you something know. you put out just for the shits and giggles. It's like, it actually mm -hmm. comes from the heart and it's actually got meaning to it. Yeah. I don't think it's wise to write a book unless you feel like it's like, it would be more painful. I'm getting this from somebody else. I don't remember who, but it'd be more painful to not write the book. If you're just doing it for some branding thing or whatever, you're, I think for the most part, just doing the world a disservice because yeah. there's enough books, there's enough podcasts, there's enough fucking words in general. You know, so if it's, if it would be too painful for you to not create your art, get that shit out there. But if it's like you're doing it because you feel obligated to, it's probably not going to have any soul and it's just going to be noise. You know, so I would, I would create more space for things with soul would be my, my sense. Yeah, that's, that's great. So where can we, let's, let's plug you where everybody can find you, Align Podcasts, obviously, and where else? Well, everything's at Align Podcast. So yeah, Instagram's where I'm most active. So Align Podcast, A-L-I-G-N Podcast, the website's Align Podcast. Um, you can find the book on there as well. And then the Align Podcast is called Align Podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and aside from the podcast, if you guys want to see some acrobatics with beautiful women and some like insane, oh, yeah. work, and some insane workouts, living the real Venice Beach life, you got to yeah. check out Aaron. Yeah, very, very strange. <laughs> Bro, thanks very much for coming and hanging out, man. Yeah, Appreciate dude, of course. It. Anytime. I enjoy your conversation, man. Thanks for yeah. letting me, me ramble on. There was a few times where I'm like, oh, I'm still talking shit. I probably should shut up now. <laughs> uh, no, man, that's, what, that's the thing. I was like, I can get going on forever. And I'm always like, oh, shit, I better respect this person's time. I don't know what yeah. they got to do. Yeah, I'm right. like, yeah, I don't have anything to do for the rest of the day. I'll just fucking talk yeah. all day. Yeah, <laughs> well, let me know if you make it out to, I mean, you're, we're both west, west, western side of the island of North America. So let me know if you make it down, down the, to LA territory. Hit me up. Absolutely, brother.
Will do. Right. Thank All you, right. brother. Thank you, everybody. Aaron Alexander. Woo! Appreciate it. Woo! Thanks, everybody. Make sure to check out Aaron's book. We'll have a link here in the show notes to go pick up his book. Follow him. Go to his podcast. Take a screenshot of this episode. Let us know what you thought. Tag us. Give us your number one takeaway. All that good stuff. Rate us, review, whatever you can do, guys, to show that you got value from this. It's amazing. I appreciate all of you guys. I hope you guys have an amazing holiday. Take care. God bless. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.